Um, earlier this year, God gave me a word. Now, this is only relatively new to me, and I used to be so jealous of people like Jane, because I remember Jane would get up here and, and this visual picture, and Kevin Boyd's another one, he'd have this visual picture, and i think, why can't I have that? And um, not, not a bad jealous, a good jealous. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so actually midway through last year, God gave me a word, and that word was the word integrity. And it was really prevalent in, in my sphere and in what was happening around me. Um, and this year, the word that God gave me was position. And I really like that word. And I'm thinking, oh, what do you mean by that? So probably just a little background. Prior to this word position uh, coming from God, I'd had quite a significant role change in my work. So I'd gone from managing two small branches, one being here in Narrabri, one in Moree with just a couple of staff in each branch, to being awarded a position of government contracts manager, which sounds really fancy, but it just really means a lot of hard work. Um, but that led to an increase on my time. It led to heaps more travel. A greater responsibility was placed on me every day. Um, and it just really meant a greater demand on me. Now, that sort of led to me f not really knowing where and how I fitted in at church. Like, I didn't know how to fit it all in. And, and not that anything had happened or not that anybody had said anything, but I just was really uncertain about how I could fit everything in with my increased workload and, you know, we've got a family of five and so there's all those demands. And it sort of just led me to sort of take a step back from all of my commitments uh, in church as well as in some other community organisations that I was involved in. And I just, I really want to share this just side point. It's not really part of my message, but I feel really compelled to share it. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So basically I'm sure we're all pretty familiar with the saying of God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And for me to have my position in the world standards, I hold no qualifications. I don't have a degree or a diploma in contract management. I don't have a degree or a diploma in business management. I don't even have a degree or a diploma. I have, you know, certificate level qualifications. But by the world standards, I'm not qualified to hold my position. But I just want to encourage you this morning that if you're in a position and you don't feel qualified for it, but you know that God has got you there, he will qualify you. So, side note, back on track now. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so when I felt God drop the word position in my heart, I actually felt him say to me, it's time for you to reposition yourself in my church. It's time for you to make me your priority and make my church your priority. And so that's basically what we've done and we try and do that with our kids as well. So the title of my message today for those very good people who are taking notes is 
Position yourself to prosper. And Ash, have we got the slides? Yep. Oh, awesome. Thank you. You are amazing. So just um, firstly, I love the way that God works behind the scenes before we even know what he's doing. And I just have to say that the messages that we've been hearing over the past month, you know, from Pastor John about being planted in good soil, uh, from Rod, even though he stole my Ruth message, thanks Rod, about, <laughs> about Ruth and the call of duty, uh, and Pastor Renee's message about lift, when we lift up, we get lift off. They were just, I just, I love the way God works because that's sort of all the foundational work done to tie my message off today. So thanks for doing the hard work, really appreciate it. Excellent. So what do I mean when I say position yourself to prosper? So what context am I talking about with prosperity? And for that, we need to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm actually going to read from verse 1 to 14. And in my NIV Bible, it's actually titled Blessings for Obedience. Uh, and Yes, thanks, Ash. All right, so if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the lands he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground. In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of my, the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. So, basically, what this morning when I'm talking about prosperity, I'm really talking about success in every sense imaginable. But this success is not a worldly standard of success. This success is success that's achieved through the God's, through, sorry, through the, the blessings that God will bestow upon us when we position ourselves for him. So this morning I have four points to cover and they all have titles because that's what I like to do. So point number one is this, in order to prosper, we need to position ourselves in the word of God. Um, and it was actually interesting. So I think last week, Pastor Renee said something about, you know, preparing before you come to church on a Sunday, spending your quiet time with God. And I have to admit, I'm not so good at that. Um, 
But this morning, I made it my priority. So I chucked on some worship music and I got my Bible out and I actually declared some things um, over my life this morning. And do you know what? Just the difference that I felt this morning when I walked into God's house was amazing. Um, So we're just going to look at Joshua 1, 7 to 8, about being in God's word, when I can get there. Um, So, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So, That right there is a really simple instruction. It's written in black and white. Thankfully for us, it's been translated into English. So it says, obey all the law. Do not turn to the right or to the left. So don't go your own way. Stick with God's way. It also tells us to keep this book of the law always on our lips, to meditate on it day and night. So we have to not just read it, but we have to soak it in. We have to study it. We have to apply it to our lives. And then if we do that, we will be prosperous and successful. So reading your Bible isn't like when you're sitting at the doctor's surgery for three hours waiting for your appointment, like you're reading a woman's weekly. You don't just flick through the pages. It's also not something that you just tick off your list like a chore. Yep, done that for the day. What's next? It's, it's really something that yeah you have to really dig deep into and apply it to your life. So why exactly is it so important to know what's in God's word? And in 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 to 17, it tells us, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God's word... It teaches us. Sometimes it can rebuke us, it can scold us, it can correct us, it encourages us. It tells us what we should do and the way we should do it. It equips us and through God's word we can find encouragement, we can find direction and we can find answers. God's word really just paints the big picture for us and I'm like a big picture kind of girl, I like to sort of see the whole story. So um, Who here is familiar with a document called a strategic plan? Awesome. So, basically, any successful business or organisation will have a strategic plan. And this is a document that really defines what the organisation or the business's goals and objectives are in order for them to be successful. And it's used to really ensure that all the stakeholders involved with that organisation are all working towards those goals, that they're focusing their time and their energy and their resources and their money into achieving those goals and being successful. A bit like um, Pastor Renee's lesson on geese last week, which I did not know, but, you know, flying in that V formation gives them 71% more wing power because they're all heading in the same direction. They're working towards the same goal. So do you know what? This here, this Bible, is God's strategic plan. And if we follow God's plan, 
we will be successful and we will accomplish the goals and the objectives that God has established for us and for his kingdom. So I really encourage you to get into the word of God and I think the best way to do that is to get a really good uh, Bible plan and uh, you know we're so lucky there's heaps of ways we can access those today's today there's you know there's also groups that you can join we have you know our sisterhood group we have our two new connect groups on Tuesdays you can listen to our NCF sermons because what you hear from up here comes from the word of God and if you don't know about our Dropbox, then see Pastor John after the sermon and he will point you in the right direction. But it's really important that you make God's word a priority and that you set aside some time every day to really dig into his word. And um, I'm not a morning person, ask my husband. I'm probably the second worst morning person in the world. But I know that even if I just sort of set... 10 minutes aside at the start of my day to read a little bit of scripture, write a couple of notes down, then I'm so much better off in my day. So my second point for today is to position yourself in the right environment. Um, now I just want to read John chapter 15, 1 to 8, um, and it's called The Vine and the Branches. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, it's really important to be, as you know, John shared a couple of weeks ago, to be planted in good soil, to be planted in the right environment. It's really important as Christians that we surround ourselves with people who will nurture us and encourage us and support us and who will be a positive role model and a, and a good influence. Um, it's been said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. So bearing that in mind, think about the five people that you've spent the most amount of time with this week, excluding any children under the age of 25. Um, sorry, Connor. <laughs> you're an exception. <laughs> um, so while you're thinking about those five people, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Are these people generally negative or are they positive? Do they like to gossip? Or do they like to be uplifting and encouraging? Do they have some lifestyle choice issues? Do they have some bad habits? Or have they formed some really good habits? Do they spend too much money? Or do they drink too much? Do they treat their significant other halves poorly? Or do they support and nurture that relationship? And you know, there's a lot in God's word that we can learn about the company that we keep. 
For example, in 1 Corinthians 15:33, we're told, "Do not be misled; bad company corrupts good character." In Proverbs 13:20, "Walk with the wise and become wise; for a companion of fools suffers harm." And in Proverbs 27:17, which is a favourite verse of mine, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." Now, I just want to clarify, yes, we need to come alongside those people who are struggling. We need to come alongside those people who have got some bad habits and some lifestyle choice issues. We need to support them and encourage them. And as Christians, we need to ultimately, as disciples, we need to lead them or try to lead them to Christ through our example. But it's really important that we're not spending all of our time with those people we need to really be grounded in the right environment because if we're not, it's easy to fall into temptation if you're surrounded by those people all the time. So Romans 12, uh, chapter 2, tells us to... I don't know if I've got that one up there, um, but I'm sure we all know it. It's a favourite of mine. Uh, when I can find it. There we go. Um, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I was looking through some Bible commentaries um, the other day, and it basically, you know, to be conformed to this world means to act as other men do, which that means those who don't know Jesus and don't have a personal relationship with him. One Bible commentary says, heathen who know not God. So through this piece of scripture, we're instructed to undergo a complete change from our heathen ways to, to a way that will align us to the will of God. And if we're surrounding ourselves in an environment where the opposite is true, where we're surrounded by negativity, by gossip, by bad behaviours, by sinful ways, it's really hard to pull back from all of that and to not be tempted to fall into that. For example, something myself that I have to really stay strong is gossip. So it's really easy to be drawn into it because you can justify it. Oh, I'm just correcting, I'm just providing the right facts, you know, oh, I'm just, you know, I want to make sure they're on the right track. You know, and particularly if you're working in an office full of women, sorry, um, it's easy to be drawn into that. And, you know, if you're in the lunchroom and somebody's gossiping, you know, I really have to be strong and go, you know what, guys, let's, what are you doing on the weekend? You know, you can change the subject or you can just stand up and say, you know what, that's not right, let's not be talking about that. And if you can't do any of that, then you need to remove yourself from the situation. So, it's, yeah, it's really important that we just really ground ourselves in the right environment. So my third point for this morning is this, position yourself to serve. And someone once said, you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. Now, we have the greatest example of that there, I think, in Jesus Christ himself. And there's so much scripture about what Jesus did for us when he came to earth. And um, John 13, 15, thanks, Ash. Oh, sorry, 14, 15. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And John 13, 34, 
A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now Mark 10.45 tells us, you know, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And the best thing about serving is that anyone can do it. You don't need a university degree. You don't need a doctorate. You don't need a trade certificate. You don't need a fancy work title. There's actually no experience necessary to serve. The one thing that you do need, and this I think is the only requirement, is to serve with the right motive and to have the right intent. And that is simply this, to serve others, to love one another, to bring blessings and joy to others. And through God's word, we're commanded to do this. And in Galatians 5.13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. And serving really starts at home, you know, through serving your family, it, especially if you've got children, you're teaching them about God's love. You're teaching your unsaved significant other half about God's love through your act of serving at home. Tithing is also an act of service, you know, through tithing you are building God's kingdom on earth. We have multiple ways of serving here at church. There's plenty of teams that you can join. We have our hospitality team. We have kids' church. We have mainly music. You know, there's so many ways that you can help serve. Or you may be called to serve overseas. I myself am not. Um, and I don't know about you, but we went to the 100% Hope Choir on um, Friday night. And how amazing is that, you know, that this girl was called overseas to do what she's doing? You may be simply called to help out in a community organisation. You may visit the oldies at the, at the old person's home, um, just to sit with them and visit. Again, not my calling. Um, or you may be called, you know, through your work life, you know, to serve. You know, I think, you know, paramedics, nurses, police officers, firefighters, you know, they all go above and beyond, I think, in their call of duty every day. So, yeah, so anybody can serve. You don't need a, a title. You don't need university degree education. You just need to have a willing heart. So my fourth point for today, um, I was actually thinking of this because when I was preparing my message, I could only think of three points. And I'm thinking, God, I know that you want me to talk about a fourth point, but I don't have anything. And um, I had something happen during the week and um, I'm like, oh, that's what my fourth point is. So my fourth point up until last night didn't actually have a title, but it's actually now this, position yourself for the battle. John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief or the devil comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. And if you're on your A game with God and the devil sees that as a threat, he will try and interrupt you and he will try and distract you from what God is calling you to do. So we had a bit of a family incident this week and I don't know what the outcome is going to be. But I could have let that stop me from seeking God. I could have let that stop me from praying to him, from talking with him, from being in his word. I could have let, me, let that stop me from bringing you this message today. But I didn't. And do you want to know why? 
Yes? <laughs> you do? Excellent. Because my God is bigger than all of this. My God is a redeemer. My God is a restorer. He is my comfort in times of trouble. He is my hope. He is my anchor. My God loves me and he is for me and he wants the best for me. And my God is a God who works all things for good for those who believe in him and call on him. My message um, that I preached about a month ago, I think, on stepping outside your comfort zones, I said in that message that life with God isn't always comfortable, but it is bearable. It's more than bearable. And just because I'm committed to God and just because I'm committed to being in His Word, to serving Him, whatever that looks like, because I've committed myself to being in a good position, in a good environment, it doesn't mean that I'm going to have a trouble-free existence. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be sunshine and butterflies. But because I've positioned myself in God's Word, I can claim His words over any situation. I can claim the victory that He has. I can claim the promises that He's made. And I can stand firm on those words because they are my declaration over any situation. Because I've positioned myself in a good environment, I can call on my fellow believers to stand with me in prayer, to support and encourage me throughout whatever the situation is. And I will continue to serve because I have the example of Christ to follow. The man who knew no sin, who gave his life freely as a ransom for me, who left his heavenly home to come to earth where he was unjustly treated by many, where he was spat upon, where he was laughed at, where he was made a mockery of and ultimately died the most excruciating way known to man. I'm just going to ask everyone to stand with me this morning. And um, if there is a situation in your life today, whether it be a financial situation, whether it be an illness, whether it be bad news, a relationship breakdown, uncertainty about a situation, no matter what, we serve an awesome God and we're going to call on Him this morning. So what I'm going to ask you to do now is to close your eyes, to bow your heads and if you're comfortable, to raise your hands. Father God, we just call on your name this morning, Lord God. We call on your name this morning over every situation, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will bring peace to the situation, Lord God, that you will bring restoration, that you will bring redemption, that you will bring answers, Lord God. And we're going to declare your victory over our situation this morning, Lord God. We're going to give you our situation and we are not going to take it back, Lord God. We're going to trust in your timing and we're going to trust in your plan and purpose for our lives, Lord God. We will not be shaken by the plans of the enemy to derail us, Lord God, because you have won the victory, Lord God. And we're going to claim that victory over our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I'm just going to ask everyone to keep your heads lowered, to keep your eyes closed. Now if you stood with us this morning in prayer and you felt something stir in your heart, if you know that something is missing from your life, and you've tried to fill it with stuff, but that hole is still there, then I believe that God has led you here this morning for a purpose. I believe that you are ready to acknowledge 
that Jesus is the only way that you can fill that hole. And I believe that you're ready to invite him into your, into your heart. So what I want us to do this morning is I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live for you and to love you all the days of my life. Today I'm new. Today I'm changed. Today I'm forgiven. And today I'm free. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, then I encourage you to seek out one of our leaders and um, Pastor Renee, Pastor Kat, Pastor John and myself. And we would love to catch up with you before you leave this morning. So we're going to go out with some amazing worship. Thanks, guys. Jesus.